Good evening, everybody. It is Thursday, February the 8th, and welcome to episode 159 of Buds and Blue Jays, your place for all things related to the Toronto Blue Jays. I'm Jesse Burrell, joined as always by Riley McConnell, and today on the show, we've got a good one. We've got some news and notes. We've got some thoughts on if the Blue Jays truly are done in this offseason, if there's maybe more moves to come. As well, we're going to take a deep dive at our pitching staff. The Blue Jays pitching staff was very good last year. We're going to see if they have what it takes to improve on that, maybe get even better, or is there a chance it falls apart and all the bumps and ups and downs that do come with starting pitching, and we'll see how we can do this year. But first, Riley, what's up, man? How's it going? Feeling good today or what? Yeah, uh, February 8th, man. Hard to believe. Uh, we are, we're getting close, man. Like, we are getting, getting so there, close yeah. to the baseball season, man. I'm excited. Uh, Jesse... Uh, every, everything is really good, man. Uh, I'm excited mm-hmm. to talk about pitchers, Jesse, before we went on tonight, I, I basically said, man, like I did not know a ton about big league pitchers and, you know, statistics and, you know, what to expect out of a pitcher, you know, doing this show with you, uh, you know, really opened me up to, uh, you know, what, uh, the Blue Jays pitchers are like in the pitching around the MLB. Like I, I, you know what? I was a hitters guy and with this Blue Jays team, I'm very much a pitchers guy. I think we have an incredibly good deep pitching staff that starting rotation yep. and bullpen. And uh, I want to pump the guy's tires like this. I think this is where we shine. And I think if we have, you know, any real chance to make a race for, you know, winning the American league East, I think it starts with the pitching man. Of course we got to get offense, but I am, a firm believer that we have one of the best uh, pitching staffs, you know, bullpen and uh, and the back end of the bullpen uh, with uh, the starters included. I think we got one of the best in baseball. I agree. It's going to be very fun to see. It'll definitely be the strength of the Toronto Blue Jays this year. Um, we're hoping we can get a little better offense to go with it. But before we get in and deep dive into the position, um, we are live. So please like the video, subscribe to the channel, tell a friend, do all that stuff. You can follow us on your social media, wherever you can find your podcast, you can find our show here at Buds and Blue Jays. So please make sure you do that. If you want to be like Riley and learn a little thing or two about the pitching staff, this is the show to do it here. But as we go on, I want to talk a little bit more about the offseason that was because our big moves have been Justin Turner, Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, and others. Uh, ben Nicholson-Smith and Shai Davidi have both reported that they think the Blue Jays are kind of done this offseason. I have my doubts, Riley. There are still a couple big names there out on the market, and I really think the Blue Jays are just waiting to see if prices go down. Um, I'm thinking if we can get, like, say, Cody Bellinger on a one- to three-year deal, where like it's a prove-it deal, kind of like Carlos Correa signed his first year in Minnesota, or what uh, Bellinger did last year with the Cubs. If I think the Blue Jays are waiting to see if they can get an opportunity like that before they make a big move and go on here. And I have some more fields from my fire on that too. Justin Turner, the guy we just signed, was just on MLB Network. And they asked him, hey, Justin, like, are you going to play third base this year or not? And he said, quote, I think the Blue Jays are still trying to figure everything out. There's still a lot of really good players available in the free agent market, and they're not sure if third base is in that conversation or not. So I'm reading between the lines here. And to me, this sounds like the Blue Jays haven't firmly told Justin Turner you're going to play some third base or not yet this year, which makes me think there might be some bigger fish to fry this offseason, Riley. What do you think? Do you think there's more coming or do you believe them and say that they're done? Well, we can first go off and say about Justin Turner being an everyday big league third baseman at age 39. Like it's he's Hey, he's not. Uh, he's probably in the top half of major league third baseman. But it's a position that we are definitely shallow in. Uh, I, I I don't know what to believe at this point. This has been such a weird yeah. offseason. And the players that we have acquired, um, 
Listen, if I had 100% control of this team, this is probably not the route I would have gone. Uh, I, I, I don't think I'm alone with that. There's obviously some method behind the madness here. I would like to think uh, that there's going to be at least one more deal. If that's a left-handed bat and Cody Ballinger, that's great. If we're looking to lock down a corner infielder to play, you know, log a ton of innings and play a lot of games at third base, I would love that too. Like, it would be really nice at this point to get a, another power bat in the lineup. I know we've mm-hmm. been you know, barking up that tree all off season. Uh, but really that's kind of where we're lacking as a club right now. We need a middle of the order guy to drive in runs, you know, Justin Turner. Um, I, I believe that his best ball is behind him. I think that he is a crafty addition to this team, but he is not someone that is going to carry this offense. And I think we need a guy who's able to take some of the load and put it on his shoulders and yeah, I, I'm with you, Jesse. We we kind of need this. Uh, you'll yep. you'll tell us, you know, the likelihood that we're going to reach the postseason with this current roster, and it's not very high. And I think a lot of that has to do uh, with with our current this current state of the offense. Because Jesse, it's certainly not pitching. Uh, it's it's night and day when you look at the depth chart and look at our pitching versus uh, you know uh, one through nine in the lineup and the guys that yep. we currently have on the bench. All right, well, let's get into the playoff projections then because Fangraphs did just come out with their playoff odds for the Toronto Blue Jays. And Riley, without looking at it, and I know you know the answer, so this is kind of cheating. Where do you think the Blue Jays are? If you had to get a percentage chance of them being a playoff team this year, where would you think it is? So I I, I do know the answer. I, I won't spoil the answer. I want you and your big brain to, to say the answer. But before <laughs> before this, I would have put us at, at around 55 to 60%. That is with yeah, so- this... That is with this team the way it is exactly at this moment. I would put yeah, it so fa- somewhere between 55 and 60. It seems about right. We were kind of hoping it would be higher going into the season as the Blue Jays really only have two more years left with their current core before the team A gets really expensive and B hits free agency. Um, Fangrass has us at an 84 and 78 win team, fourth place in the AL East. It comes out to about a 48.2% chance to make the playoffs. But in that projections, we are literally a game behind both Baltimore and the Rays. Um, So we're all a log jam just in there. In fact, they have the Jays as the seventh best team in baseball, but will win the 12th most games because of AL East reasons. Um, But because of this and because of where they are, I think that makes it so much even more important to add a big name at, to add another impact player somewhere along the lines here, just so that the Toronto Blue Jays can go in there and really push themselves over the bump. Because the last thing you want is to be stuck in here and then say you get unlucky in one-one games or you just have an unexpected uh, player performance or you battle with injuries, then you're screwed. And the Blue Jays need to go out and develop that thing to make it so that they're not in that spot and that they can indeed reach the playoffs this year. The American League East, if you're a Jays fan, is a sick, cruel yeah. joke, man. I, I, like we we can we can talk about this till the freaking cows come home. Look at mm-hmm. what the Yankees did. Baltimore did. Baltimore just got Cor- Corbin Burns. If you haven't watched yep. our latest podcast, um, dive into that one. It's a good one. And like he's a Cy Young Award winner, and he's going to pitch for a rival team that's going to compete for this. I would actually have had. I know the Yankees are going to perform this year. Look at how, what they've done to their lineup. Um, like in, it's in Tampa and Boston are, are no cakewalks. I know, I know Boston's kind of taking a step back. I believe that we actually had a losing record against them last year. And, and it, we, you know, anytime we go to Tropicana field, uh, it's, it's, it's big trouble. And I know we play them real early on in the year. Mm-hmm. We got to fly out of the gate 
And what is going to help us do that? Um, another big name guy coming into this organization and being an impact piece uh, in this lineup. And I have one more bit of news just before we get into the pitchers here is we're going to spend a little bit more time breaking them down. So I want to cover that. Um, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. had his arbitration case. And when it was announced that he went to arbitration, you and I broke it down. Good news for Vladdy is that he won. He will be making $19.9 million this year. Um, and the Blue Jays did not. Um, and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. celebrated. He went to a Phoenix Suns game. He was having fun. He looked like the type of guy who just got a little bit of a pay raise um, there. And so what this means now with him getting the slight pay raise is that the Blue Jays are now at roughly $250 million. Um, they are over the first tier of the luxury tax. The next tier in the luxury tax is $257 million. And there are ways for them to get even lower. Like if we cut Espinal, that saves another $2.5 million. Um, there are a couple of relievers we can cut down on too that will really save us some more money. So uh, there is room in the budget for another piece. And I think if you're going to get up to that uh, luxury told threshold, you want to be as close to it as you can. You don't win anything else for being $50 million under the luxury tax, but then also winning the same amount of games. It's the exact same. So they should really try to get there. And uh, yeah, with uh, no real more things coming in, I think that leaves room for one more key signing. Jack Sawinski isn't even arbitration eligible yet. Let's go to Pittsburgh and nab a good left-handed power bat. I don't know. I'm just throwing that name out there. I haven't said it in about a month and a half. I'm, sure. I'm Got to make talk, it on note, right? Talk about guys I, I, I like. A lot of swing in this, but a lot of home run potential there. Bellinger might do the same for us, but I don't think he's going to cost us um, $780,000. Yeah, and that's exactly it. Um, that's all I had for news and notes. We can touch on a few smaller things at the end of the episode here, but let's get into the main course of the episode here, and that is going to be the starting pitching staff. We do this every spring. It kind of gets us in the way to get ready for the season, what to expect. Last year, Riley, you and I both brought out the facts that we thought Jose Barrios and Yusei Kikuchi were going to be back for bounce-back seasons. We also thought Alec Manoa was going to be a monster last year, and uh, maybe monster is not the right word. He was maybe a a spooky monster, if you will, or there's probably I a better word. I young. I had him as the Cy yeah. Young choice. That's so about as big a swing and a mess as you Add on me. Won't make that mistake again. Yeah. But the Blue Jays as a whole, this was the key to victory. And we saw the starting rotation coming to be better. In fact, um, last season, the rotation as a whole, Riley, the third best ERA in all of baseball. We were top five in innings pitched, strikeouts per nine. We were a second in, stand, in uh, strand rate last year. And the Blue Jays really did do good things. And the fact, the biggest thing is they stayed healthy. I know I mentioned this stat last year or earlier in the offseason here, but I think the Jays used eight starting pitchers last year. One of them was Wes Parsons, who started game 162 after we already clinched. One of them was Trevor Richards, who had three bullpen days um, when um, when Alec Manoa got sent down. And the other one was Hunjin Ryu, who was coming back from Tommy John, who pitched well for the second half. So the Blue Jays rotation was not only effective, they were also very healthy last year. Both things aren't guarantees coming into the 2024 season. So I do think pitching depth is going to be a big factor. And we'll talk about that a little bit here in the episode. But before we deep dive any individual players, Riley, an overall thought about the whole rotation as a whole. Dude, what I think that we have one of the sneaky best rotations in baseball without, you know, getting too, too in, in depth, man. I think that we have a lot of improving pitchers. And I think some of the aged pitchers on our staff, you know, maybe Kevin Gosman and Chris Bassett still have a lot in the tank. Uh, Chris Bassett, mm -hmm. Bassett must be some fancy wine because he's aging like fine wine in his big league career. And Gosman just had his highest, you know, Cy Young uh, ranked season of his big league career. 
for a guy who started off real slow and shaky in the same AL East division, uh, totally revamped his style, you know, over the course of his career. And now we got one of the best aces in baseball and arms like Barrios uh, really complement that. Well, Barrios obviously uh, acquired from the Minnesota twins. I was really high on him. He struggled. And I think now, what we saw last year out of them is is probably more close to the norm. There's a lot to like from this rotation. Your guy, Yusei Kikuchi, looked fantastic last year. I think it's probably more or less uh, the same. Maybe an ERA slightly above four, but that's that's nothing to worry about with the rest of the staff. Yusei Kikuchi, electric stuff, crafty lefty, mm-hmm. good velocity. Love, I love our rotation. It is it is the makeup and the craft is so good. A lot of di- diversity and. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to watch him pitch, man. It's a great, great pitching staff. All right, well, without further ado, let's dive into these guys who are going to make up the core of the Toronto Blue Jays season, including some names we think whether or not they'll be good, worse, signs to look out for, or things to watch overall for the course of the season. And let's start with our ace, our big dog, Riley. Kevin Gosman, last season with the team, he had a... Oh, I have the number here. Let me find it. Uh, yes. Oh, 316 ERA over 185 innings pitch, a 5.3 war season. He was electric. He was my pick for the Cy Young Award winner last year. And although he didn't win it, he came second. So I will still call that a win. Um, the under the hood stats, the walk rate did climb a touch and so did the home runs, but they're still not bad. They're still all very good levels, um, all very good for Kevin Gosman. That splitter is still one of the best pitches in all of baseball. Although it did take a slight step back last year, it still was very, very effective for Kevin Gosman. I want you to lay out, what are your expectations for Gosman this season? Well, you didn't even say his best statistic, Jesse. This guy had 237 strikeouts last year and didn't mm-hmm. even pitch. He pitched 185 innings. He didn't even pitch 200 innings. Ian, that had that yeah. amount of strikeouts. His caper nine was the best in franchise history. He, he, he looked like a monster. He is a guy who can absolutely take over ball games. He is the opening day starter. He, I want to see, I want to, if he's healthy, 33 starts could be 34 starts, depending on where you stagger the road the rotation after the all-star break. But uh, this is our our main piece right now. As it stands right now, I would say that going into this year, Kevin Gosman was our most valuable player last year out of anyone in this organization. And I think more or less we're going to get the same. I don't know if he's going to repeat those same numbers last year because – Jesse, I know that the home runs and walks rose a little bit, but with the, the amount of strikeouts he get with the amount of sm- swing and miss, I was okay with that. You, you're, everyone can't be Pedro Martinez. Uh, sure. It can't, it can't, you can't get the best of every possible stat category. I was super um, um, thrilled with with how Gosman pitched last year, um, and and I think it's going to be more or less the same. Maybe, um, maybe a slight increase in his, you know, in his whip. Maybe, maybe close to the same in 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 stri- and no, not strikeouts in walks and home and home runs per nine. I don't think he's going to get the same amount of strikeouts. I think he's going to be a guy throws around 200, 200 innings, maybe ten more strikeouts than innings pitched, and um, and and obviously you would hope it, with run support a um you know more than ten wins. I know Jesse and a lot of other people don't like the wins. I think you know fifteen wins look great. Gosman did not get 15 wins last year, however, 
Um, he only got saddled with 12, but this is a guy who could win 20 games if things are, are rolling for him. Yeah, wouldn't um, surprise anybody. But again, the offense has got to support him, and I know he got really unlucky in 2022. Jesse, Kevin Gosman going into this season, a lot of eyes are going to be on him to repeat the season mm-hmm. he had last year. And I think he's, I, I don't think it's going to be the exact same. I, I don't think he finishes in the top three for Cy Young voting, but I don't think he falls out of the top 10. I think he's going to have a great year. Similar numbers to last year, probably just not as good. Yeah, I think he's going to be a little closer to the Gosman we saw in the second half of last season where the whip was around 125 or the ERA was a mid-threes ERA. I'm with you. I don't think he's going to be top three in Cy Young, but I do think he's going to finish top 10. I like that. That is a very good comp there. Um, One level of concern, I guess, maybe for Kevin Gosman this year. Over the last three seasons, Riley, his last year in San Francisco and his first two years in Toronto, he's had inning pitch totals of 192, 175, and 185 over the last three seasons. And he is now 33 years old going into this season. Does that worry you at all for Kevin Gosman? Well, I mean, he did miss miss a couple starts last season. I mean, if he goes seven innings, what's that put him at? 199 innings, I think. You might as well call that 200. I'm, I'm not concerned. The games have changed. Uh, the games changed, man. We don't see Blue Blue Jays especially. They don't let guys throw complete games. It kind of ticks me. We've gone over this in an early episode. He's only had one last year. I, I know, and and mm-hmm. we, it never, it hardly ever happens. And we do have a very good bullpen, and I'm fine with handing it over to the bullpen 99% of the time. If Gosman can go the distance, keep him in. If not, if he does his job and shoves for seven innings. And, you know, maybe misses a start. Maybe he's got a sore shoulder or something. Like, yeah, I, I wouldn't hate if he if he didn't get 200 innings. But those, you know, 187 and a third, you know, maybe that he throws this year are, are all worth it. And we're getting our money's worth out of Kevin Gosman. And those are going to be a lot of quality starts involved in that. Not a lot of blow-ups. And I hope he gets a run support behind him. Because when Gosman toes the rubber, when he starts these games – we immediately, immediately, you know, have a plus uh, plus chance to win that ball game just because Kevin yep. Gosman's on the hill. And what about the opening day curse, Riley? The last three Blue Jays opening day starters, Hunjin Ryu, um, Jose Barrios, and Alec Manoa, each struggled with the opening day. Is that going to happen with Kevin Gosman this season? I I, I don't believe so. If we're gonna, pick- <laughs> I don't believe so either. <laughs> I, I, I'm just gonna kind of politician that and shove that under the rug. I don't I don't believe. I don't believe this will be an issue moving forward. I agree. I think it's kind of wild that it's happened three years in a row, but um, I'm with you that even if he's not as good as he was last year, he's not going to fall apart like those three pitchers did. Riley, the projections for Alec Manoa, 348 ERA, a 4.3 war season. Um, do you think he's going to be better than that or worse than that this year? What are your thoughts? I I, I think he's going to be slightly better than that. Um, but uh, I think I vote. I think I've, I, I forget if this was what the voting was. I was supposed to check this before the show. I didn't. I, I, I like, I think Osmond's going to have very respectable numbers. If he doesn't hit five war, but has four, four and a half war, then I like, who wouldn't be happy with that? I think the numbers are, are pretty well in line with that. Yeah. The fans on Twitter voted, um, 
we had 19 votes in the poll. 52.6 thought that line was actually pretty accurate. Uh, 36.8 thought he was going to be better in that line. And just 10.5% of people thought he was going to be worse. Very on par with uh, that there. Um, we got a lot more pitchers to talk to. So let's just move on to the next one. And this one might be a little bit more interesting, Riley. Jose Barrios. And then last year with the Toronto Blue Jays, he rebounded nicely from his disastrous 2022 season. He had a 3.65 ERA over 189.2 innings pitch. Very nice bounce back. Um, he's projected this year for a 4.13 ERA and 2.3 WAR. So the projections think he's going to be just a touch worse than he was last year, and he looks different from the guy that we saw last year. He uh, ditched that four-seam fastball that got hit so hard last year and started throwing his sinker and his sweeper more. Those two pitches that paired so well together. Um, I have my skepticisms on Jose Barrios, but I'll let you talk first, Riley. What is your thoughts on Jose Barrios going into the 2024 season? I love Jose Barrios. I think oh, wow. that he, I think I I loved it to start. I hate that he had I I hate that he had a rough season in 2022. I really do. I I think that he could be a premier arm in this league. Um I, you know, he still has some room to grow. Um but I think he saddled in right behind Gosman as our number 2 guy. What I expect from Barrios is is almost almost right in line with those projections projections Jesse. Uh, but here's the thing uh, that's different from Kevin Gosman with Jose Brios. And I think this is almost stating the obvious that we can expect a blow up start uh, from Jose Barrios. And mm-hmm. uh, it, it, it's definitely not out of the question. Obviously, you don't want to see that, but these are just the numbers, the laws of averages. But we've seen Jose Brios absolutely take over ball games, And that is still not out of the question either. Um, it's for him to, for him to replicate last year, I think would be in to improve on it. Um, I, I, you know, I think that the ERA probably could be high threes this year. And I think that the whip probably look, could look around one, two, one, one point two, uh, a little bit better as well. And, and, and with the strikeouts too. Uh, we seen him limit some soft contact because when he mm-hmm. was throwing that force, when he was throwing that four seam, when he was not locating his pitches, when he was just throwing the ball and 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 really just giving up, you know, massive contact, and then he would run into trouble with some walks. That was not the Jose Barrios that is a major league esque pitcher. I think the guy who throws, you know, low in the zone and then throws, you know, the sweeper out of the zone is the guy that the guy that we will count on and the guy that will throw very good innings for us. I, like, Brios will not win a Cy Young in his career. There is a, there was a time when he was pitching with the Twins when I thought that, you know, he possibly could have done that. Don't think he's, you know, progressed as much. I think this is some of the best Jose Brios, but he is a, he is a very good complimentary pitcher. Any pitching staff would be very happy to have him. He has a huge contract with, with the Blue Jays. Yes, he'll be here I, for a while. Those the the I can't I don't I don't even want to look it up because the dollars are going to creep up by the end of it I think he's going to be making around twenty eight to thirty million dollars yeah, twenty I looked it up day. the other day twenty five million towards the end of that contract okay so not quite thirty but still yeah. a pretty pretty hefty load will he be pitching like that I mean it's obviously a backloaded contract but we'll see man I expect a lot of good things from Brios I think if you're to compare his you know take away the the part year. Uh, where he came here, and he was actually very good in in mm-hmm. the in the part of 2021. Whatever, not going to really include that, you know. But 2022, yeah, he was he was 
he was he was he stunk. He was downright terrible. Last year he was he was one of the best underdog stories in baseball. I don't think going into this year he's a real underdog. I think that we're going to expect more or less the same out of last year and I think the projections speak for themselves, but I will I would like to think that he has an ERA under 4 and a whip around 1.2. Yeah, I'll admit, man, I have no idea what to expect from Jose Barrios this year. I've looked at the stats. I've seen some really good things, and I've seen some terrible things that make me feel like it really could go either way. We're going to talk X-Factors closer into the season, and I think how Jose Barrios does perform this year really is going to make or break the limit or the ceiling or the downfall for the Toronto Blue Jays. Um, He did show flashes of dominance last year. He didn't have the 12 strikeout performance. In fact, he only had one game with double-digit strikeouts last year. But he threw seven innings of one-hit baseball against the White Sox last year. I remember he had a game in Camden Yards where I think he took a no-hitter into the seventh. So we've seen things. I think he had a one-hit game, too, against the Reds in Cincinnati, which is a tough park to pitch in, right? So Jose Brios does have some flashes of dominance to him. Um, and he looked phenomenal in the wild card game. It was the best I have ever seen Jose Brios look. So if we get that guy this year, then yes, he's going to be a great year. I look at some of the statistics, Riley, and I am a little bit worried. He did have the fourth largest difference in baseball between his actual ERA and his expected ERA with a minimum of 500 balls in play. Now, I think that could happen again. One, because the Blue Jays played really good defense behind Jose Barrios. And even with Matt Chapman gone, I still think they're going to play good defense behind Jose Barrios. And uh, the stadium with the renovations, it really turned it into a pitcher-friendly park at Rogers Center, which is something we're not used to seeing. And I think Jose Barrios really benefited from that as well, which is all going to be true again next year. He's going to still be pitching the same ballpark. He'll still have good defense behind him. So I have no idea what to expect. I think he might be closer to a 450 ERA this season, which Ooh. might be on the low side, but I still... The low I side. Still, the low yeah. side. Oh, sorry. The high oh, side. Low as in bad. Oh, like, uh, okay, low as in okay. getting there. Last year, man. He was sitting mid three for a lot of the year. Yeah. Three, he was. five ERA last year. Oh, okay. If he finished the year with a 4-5 ERA, something... Definitely went a little bit wrong. There was maybe two extra blow-up starts where he didn't get out of mm-hmm. the third inning. I, hey, we have different opinions, and that's all fine because there's you're going to get a thousand different opinions with Jose Barrios because the, he has he has been a lot of different, um, you know, a lot of Jekyll and Hyde on the mound for us since you know since he's become a Blue Jay. I, I don't even know what the coaching staff really expects out of this guy. Let's I, I, I hope he can really fine tune his game and, and put on some solid, uh, solid quality start runs for us. He's a wild card. I still have a little bit of worries to it, but yeah, it could go either way. He could be a low threes to even a high twos ERA guy. Would not surprise me in the slightest. So we'll see. Um, it'll be something to watch for it this season. The projections, Riley, have Jose Barrios, 413 ERA, 179 innings pitch, 2.3 war. Better or worse, or is that line just right? Pump it up. Give me more. He's gonna throw, gonna throw more innings. A little bit better of an ER. You know, a four-one ERA isn't the worst, but I think it's gonna be sub four, Jesse. Sneaky. I think it's a sub four ERA. I think it's somewhere around the I, uh, three three eight nine. I'm gonna write that down. That's my write that down. Put it in our bold predictions episode. I don't have a, we'll, I, don't uh, have a I don't have a pen. I'll I'll, I'll write it in memo. Three eight three okay. eight nine. He finishes in in twenty twenty four. I'll uh yep. we'll make make a note of that. 
I voted that that line was just right, but the fans on Twitter seem to agree with you, Riley. 74% of them thought Jose Brios was going to have a better season than that. And um, yeah, they're right aboard with you there. Um, Moving on to our next player, Riley. And this is one I know you and I are both excited for. That is Chris Bassett, whose first year in Toronto actually went pretty good. He threw 200 innings and had a 360 ERA over that stretch, which is very good. Um, You look under the hood, the FIP and XFIP were slightly higher than his last year in Oakland and his first year in New York, but really not by much. The biggest issue with uh, Chris Bassett last year is that he seemed to just give up more home runs. Gave up 28 last year, where at his last season with the Mets, he only gave up 19. But look, he was still really good. And I just looked this up before the game start. Of Chris Bassett's 33 starts last year, he went 21 of them with two earned runs or less. And he had nine of them where he literally had zero, zero earned runs. That would work with Chris Bassett. The only problem is, like like you mentioned with Jose Brios, he does seem to be prone for those blowups every now and again. Um, he had four last year where he allowed five or more earned runs, three of them where it was seven or more. Um, but one of them was his first start of the year in St. Louis. And he had two more where he just didn't have it that night. And I think that's what we should expect from um, from Chris Bassett. He's going to be very good, very solid. He's going to give you a gutsy effort every time. It's just he might have one, two, or three stars where it just goes really south for him. What is your uh, expectations for Chris Bassett this season? Oh, man. You were right when you said that we are excited and interested about what Chris Bassett can do, Jesse. Mm-hmm. It, when, since he's, he was an all-star with Oakland at age 32, uh, he goes over to the New York Mets at age 33, and we know how that went. He was he was fantastic for him. He comes over to Toronto in his age 34 season, Jesse, and for the first time in his career, he throws 200 innings at age 34. That yeah. is that impressive. is that is very impressive, man. I absolutely love uh, the makeup of Chris Bassett. He is not a guy who's going to overpower you, but he is a smart pitcher, man. His pitch mix is fantastic. The movement, I, I think, is is some of the most underrated in baseball. Uh, the way it can dive off of um, to a right-handed batter and fall, you know, in the dirt, just you know, almost inches uh, before the plate. Jesse Chris Bassett is another guy like Barrios, where yes, he has these blowups, but when he is on, when he is dominating, I mean. He had a kid and then goes and shoves for yeah. eight innings and and, and, and and absolutely took over that ball game. I mean, this guy mm-hmm. is a warrior. This guy is a major league pitcher. And I it's I, I know that he was a Chicago White Sox uh, guy. It, it's funny, you know, where was he, you know, basically through the for the first, you know, for his twenties. I, I mean, he, he could have had so much more MLB service time, but I'm I'm loving him at this point in his career, man. Loved him when he was w- with Oakland. I thought he was an absolutely fantastic guy, and I knew that he could have the longevity to throw, you know, deep into a ball game. And then the only guy last year who went 200, 200 innings for us, and if you were and you know if you were to ask a non Blue Jays fan, they would have gone, oh well, Gosman was your two hundred innings guy, and it was like no, it was Chris Bassett mm-hmm. at age thirty four. Now. I mean, there could be a little bit of luck involved in this, Jesse. I think I think that we are not going to see, you know, if he finished 10th last year in Cy Young voting, I don't think that that automatically moves him up that he's going to finish 7th in Cy Young voting this year. But I certainly think that Chris Bassett is going to put together a performance similar to how he was in his uh, lone season with the New York Mets, where 
he he pitched absolutely fantastic for them yep. as well. And and I think last year everything came together for for our four main starting pitchers. And I think Bassett, you know, you're going to give me the projections. I'm sure they're going to be right in line, if not slightly better, because Chris Bassett is going to repeat and have a very good, solid year. I don't think we're going to have a ton of these blowups. It's very unlucky. Bassett, you know, gave up a lot of home runs, very uncharacteristic-like. And I think a lot of luck gets involved in that. So he, even if he was a little bit unlucky, Chris Bassett, he still recovered and pitched very well. Arguably, Jesse, you know, um, I know Brios was fantastic, but you could argue and say that Bassett was was the second best uh, starter on this Blue Jays team. And I think it wouldn't be crazy to say after Gosman that he was. Yep, and I think so too. You mentioned that start he had against the Mets. Um, that was actually, he had a better start, Riley. At home at the Rogers Center, he threw a shutout against the Atlanta Braves, who might have had the best offense in, we've seen in a long, long time. Chris Bassett, nine innings pitch, two hits, two walks, eight strikeouts against that lineup. So Chris Bassett knows what he's doing. He knows how to pitch. He knows how to be a gem. That's, uh, that sinker, Riley, is elite. It was the best sinker in baseball last year, and it particularly wasn't even close. Um, his run value was minus 27. I think the next closest was minus 20. Um, very good stuff for Chris Bassett last year. Um, look, he wasn't the best pitcher at allowing soft contact like he was in his last season with the Mets, but he was still top 20 in baseball, and it's still a very good repeatable skill that Chris Bassett has. I'm excited, dude. I really am excited for the performance that Chris Bassett can put together. Uh, don't sleep on him in your fantasy draft if you are doing one of those this year because uh, I think he'll be productive again all across the board. I myself will be – I hope none of um, you know my compadres in that league are paying attention. I personally will be loading up with uh, Blue Jays arms this year in, in you know, our fantasy draft. So, I mean, and little little secret for the listeners and viewers of this, yeah, Bassett would be a guy to go after in, in that. And, uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's going to have another fantastic year for us, Jesse. Uh, again, don't sleep on this guy. Is he going to go 200 innings? That's going to be close. He's, he, he's a dog out there. He is a hound dog and, uh, and he's going to, do more or less the same, and I'm, I'm I'm pumped. Jesse Bassett is a fun guy. Yeah, 289 ERA in the second half last year too. I like to see him get better as the season went on. I think he's going to be very good. Um, and I guess you and I both aren't concerned about the innings totals over the last three years: 200, 181, 157. In fact, he just did a uh, radio hit with Sirius XM where he basically said. If you're a starting pitcher and you don't have the mindset to go 200 innings, then what are you even doing here? And uh, so we love that for Chris Bassett. He's going to be a workhorse. He's going to try to get out there and uh, help this team win. And most importantly, rest the bullpen. I don't think it can be overstated how the innings Chris Bassett took had a performance on the bullpen, which was really good last season. Um, we'll stay tuned for that. Uh, pro uh, projections for Chris Bassett, 422 ERA, 194 innings pitch and 2.4 war. Where do you stand, Riley? Better, worse, or just right? I, I don't know why the ERAs are so high. Everything sounds great, except I think that the earned run average is going to be, you know, probably a quarter of a run better is what I think. Yep. And I'm with you on that. I think he's going to be better than that as well. 75% of fans agreed with you. A better season incoming for Chris Bassett. Uh, moving on to the next pitcher here. That's my guy, Yusei Kikuchi. And last season, he was solid. He bounced back nicely from a terrible 2022 season. Had a 3.86 ERA. Made all 32 starts for the Toronto Blue Jays, which is noticeable. Um, 167.2 innings pitch, which is a career high for Kikuchi. His strikeouts did go down a touch. 
But the most notable thing is the walk rate was the best he had in his career. His home runs went down as well. And the underlying numbers seem to really support what Yusei Kikuchi did last year. Even with the highest BABIP he ever gave up in his career, he was still very solid. The big change Kikuchi made, he scrapped the cutter and he added a curveball to his repertoire. And both that and the slider had over a 30% whiff percentage. And unlike everyone else on the roster where velocity seemed to be stable and sometimes dipped, Yusei Kikuchi actually started throwing harder last season. So I think Yusei Kikuchi is in for another step forward. He could be very good this year. But uh, I want to hear your take, Riley. What do you think on uh, Kikuchi going into the season? By far his his best season in Major League Baseball since come. Oh, absolutely, man. It was um it was great to see from Kikuchi. A lot of good stuff. And uh, he froze right at the wrong time there. But that's okay. I can talk about Kikuchi forever here. Um, he's a good, solid projection. This was the guy I wanted to see when the Blue Jays made a trade from a while back. And now that you're back, Riley, go on ahead. Tell me what your thoughts on Kikuchi. He, he came overseas at age 28 to pitch for the Mariners. And mm-hmm. like he, before, before the uh, 2023 season, like he really wasn't a very good arm. He had the potential. We knew Yusei Kikuchi had a lot of potential to be a good pitcher. We're heading into what will be his age 33 year. You know, at this point, he has basically five years of, of service time, but I mean, there's he's he's a veteran improving almost start by start, and I think that we're going to see a very good year from Yusei Kikuchi because he we he basically made a lot of changes to his to his delivery, his pitch mix, location, and I think probably Jesse, if I was to guess, kind of how he attacked in at bat, how he went after different hitters, um, because. You know, he wasn't wasn't a seasoned veteran. He was, you know, a veteran with age. But I don't think that he was, you know, throwing enough innings in, in his usage before then. But that being said, he, he did fantastic last year, and it wasn't even close to his best big league season. I think we're probably going to get around the same lines. The fact okay. that he threw – the fact that he threw sub four earn run average, um, I, I'm not going to say that that's lucky – but it comes with a little bit of, of, of luck-oriented plays. Yusei Kikuchi can give up a lot of home runs, a lot of hard contact. And I think that he probably escaped some big fly balls last year. The thing yeah, I, his fly ball rate did rise significantly yes. last year. And, and that could come back to bite him. But with the, you know, the home runs being hit, you're also going to see a lot of strikeouts. And I think the thing with Yusei Kikuchi um, he is one of the best strikeout left-handers in all of baseball. Mm-hmm. And not a lot of people know it because he's not a household name. He's still kind of developing. And this could be a year, Jesse, where you say Kikuchi takes – and it doesn't take over, um, you know, uh, the Blue Jays' rotation as the ace, but gives a couple guys a ride because he has that potential in him. I don't think he'll ever be an ace in his career. I think that ship has sailed. But as a complimentary piece to this Blue Jays team, when he can when he can go, and he's not a third time through the order guy, but those five, six innings that he will throw for us, if he if if he can if he can hand that over to the bullpen and we have a good, comfortable lead, I'm sure those that, that is a, a quality start for him and could possibly be with those five and six innings. You could see double-digit strikeouts 
in a game where he doesn't even go seven innings. Yeah, a uh, contract year too for Yusei Kikuchi. So if the guy wants to go out and make his money, having a good season this season will go a long way to doing that. And look, he's on the right trend, right? He's figured some stuff out. The stuff is getting better. I do think there is a big season coming for Yusei Kikuchi. Let's move on because we got a few more guys to get to and I'm running short for time here. And Riley, this one is a big one. It's Alec Manoa. And uh, look, we've had the conversation all offseason. What should the Blue Jays do with him? Whether we should keep him, whether we should trade him. I think that's irrelevant now. Um, he's going to be on the team at least unless something dramatic happens in the next month or so. He's going to get a run as the fifth starter. He's going to get a look here. Uh, we know the story for Alec Manoa. Dominance in his rookie season in 2021. Finished third in Cy Young in 2022. And then last year happened. 587 ERA over 87 and thirds innings pitch. He was demoted to the complex league. He, he, uh, he, when he came back, he was okay, but he was still pretty bad. Um, look, we need to see a better Alec Manoa. And I think the Alec Manoa we see this spring training is going to go a long way to determining what uh, we see from this guy. And look, um, it's hard to be optimistic about a guy, but we do know the upside is in there somewhere. So give me... With what you can, Riley, give me what your expectations are for Alec Manoa, like if you have any at all. I don't really have any expectations. Yeah. And I will tell you this, Jesse. I love the Blue Jays as a baseball team. Obviously, it's the only team in Canada. Um, and this is the team closest to us. We go to these games, Jesse. Look at our backgrounds. We buy the merchandise, mm -hmm. the memorabilia, you name it. Um, I do not like Alec Manoa as of right now for what he did. He quit on his team. He quit on the Blue Jays. He, I, I feel like he let a lot of people down. This is a really good time to have a very redeeming moment in his career. There is a lot of uncertainties. We, we went over with Isaac last year in the middle of July, talk about when he would return and this and that. And mm -hmm. I mean, we could go in. We could go in and have a whole other episode of of how we think that this season's going to go for Alec Manoa because I don't think I don't think anybody knows like what is going to happen with him, what his usage is. If we're if we say right now, Jesse, that we are going to slot him in the number five spot in the starting rotation, I would tell you that that is okay, but that leash is shorter than my fingernail. Like okay. if 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 he if he falters. I want him out. Like if he if he if he gets unlucky, too bad, so sad. The leash has got to be short with Alec Manoa because it was far too long early on in 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 the 2023 season where we let him get hung out to dry. Just he got smoked last year, and I I don't want to see the same thing happen. Let's protect him a little bit. And I I I, I mean if he has to get sent down again, then whatever if he gets switched over to the bullpen he could be a, a hell of a relief pitcher we don't know this yet i don't know what the story with alec manoa is it, but if it seems right now that he's going to be our fifth starter we're going to lead need a lot more than an era almost six and more basically the same amount of walks to strikeouts i don't know what he finished with last year but i know that the walks were horrendous disastrous yeah, and and the strikeouts were down. I mean, that's going to come with – you can't even comp what Alec Manoa did last year. Like, the last big fail was, was like an 0-1 Chris Carpenter. And I don't even have those stats. I know they weren't very good. Carpenter won the Cy Young in what, 2004, 2005? I don't Something know. Something like that. Alec Manoa really needs a redeeming season. 
Let's make it happen in 2024. But at the same time, Jesse, if there's anyone I'm not optimistic about, it is certainly Alec Manoa. Yeah, look, the worst thing that can happen to this Toronto Blue Jays team is say Ricky Tiedemann's in Buffalo and he is dealing. He's the dominant guy we've seen all minor league games and Alec Manoa is still chugging along with a 550 ERA and is still getting thrown out there. We're on this show are going to riot and oh, do all that stuff too. 550. Um, yeah, see, whatever it is, it may be. Uh, look, for whatever it's worth, the Toronto Blue Jays have been talking up Alec Manoa all offseason. They believe they haven't added another significant rotation piece because I think they want to give Alec Manoa a chance. So I'm blindly, very blindly showing faith that maybe they see something that we don't. We've seen the workout videos all offseason. He's been throwing some things on his Instagram story about Alec Manoa pitching. And look, if you were throwing shit sliders, you wouldn't post that on social media, would you? You'd probably wait until they're your best one. So there's a sign of hope there as well. The things I want to see, from Alec Manoa. And these things you should be able to see very early on in spring training too, to know if he's getting better. One, that slider needs to have his bite again. It went from 16 inches of horizontal movement to just 13 last year, which doesn't seem like much. It's three inches, but when it's coming from 60 feet, six inches away, three inches is the difference between hitting the barrel of the bat and someone missing it completely. So I want to see that bite come back. The fastball velocity needs to come back too. We saw Alec Manoa that used to touch like 95, 96, as low as like 91, 92 last year. He's got to stop walking people. He's got to get better at uh, keeping base runners in check. He was terrible at that last year too, when he was actually pretty good in his early part of his career on doing that. That. He went from being top 10 in baseball to not allowing hard contact to the bottom 10 in baseball in handling hard contact. So, uh, yeah, it was all bad all around, Riley. If you had to put a percent chance, uh, one through 100, that Alec Manoa can return to his Cy Young form, maybe not this season, but just at least at some point in his career, where would you put it? I would probably put it at, at the same as what you said is ERA is five and a half percent chance. And I, and I'm just using that as a callback. If you've listened or watched our podcast, you know, I hate when Jesse does this at scale, the one to 10. And then he says something like, (laughs) well, me personally, I think 3.74. Like, yeah, no, if it's, if it's whole, whole numbers, please. But I'm going to say 5% chance, Jesse. Sounds good. Um, I'm with you, dude. I don't think that Cy Young guy is ever coming back. I will be pleasantly happy if it does, but uh, you never know. Um, before we get into the bullpen, Riley, we spent a lot of minutes talking about the rotation. And I guess they're the key parts for the uh, starting rotation, but the Blue Jays are going to go through more than just five starting pitching this year. So out of some of their bullpen options, um, including a new guy we signed, Yariel Rodriguez, um, Bowden Francis is another one, Mitch White, and I threw um, Wes Parsons in there as another name in Buffalo. Out of those four names, Riley, do you have a thought on who, if any of them, are going to be an impact player this year? Well, I love the poll, and I love that 0% voted Wes Parsons, and I don't want to hate on <laughs> Correct. that. But, yeah. but that that one, he we, we know that that's probably not the route to go. I was torn, Jesse, and I did not vote for Rodriguez in this one. I wanted to go with a guy who's been on the club. I actually voted for Bowden Francis, and I, yep, almost, so I. I almost wanted to give a little love to Mitch White because I don't know. He pitched so good in AAA last year, and I don't know how that will cross over to the major leagues. I think maybe he's first guy out of the gate if Manoa falters. Uh, however, I, I I think Bowden Francis, you know, is is definitely um, in no means a guy who's going to go out there and should be an everyday starter. But as a spot starter, I think that he could take take the role of a couple starts, and I think that uh, we're probably going to see that this year. 
That curveball is legit for Bowden Francis too. I don't want I don't want to forget that. Um, Yariel Rodriguez. It sounds like if he's going to be stretched out as a starter, he might start in Buffalo, or he could just be thrown into the bullpen right away. He might be more of a next year if Kikuchi does leave via free agency type guy. And we're going to save Ricky Tiedemann for our prospects episode, which will be coming next week. So if you want to hear more on him, we will have that going next week. Um, before, yeah, let's just get into the bullpen, Riley. We're kind of getting pressed for time here because we got a lot we still want to get to. But uh, let's break down Jordan Romano a little bit here too. 290 ERA, 36 saves last year, Riley. Um, I tried to go through and look and see because he's now 30, wrong side of 30. You know how I feel about guys uh, turning that age. But I tried to look through the statistics and there were some people screaming last year when watching the Toronto Blue Jays that they thought Jordan Romano should be taken out of the closers role. Um, we shut that down pretty easily on our show here. And I think we still think that way, but what are your expectations for Jordan Romano going into his age 30 season? Well, I think it's given that, um, that he's probably going to hold the role of the closer. I think last year was scary because I was maybe one of those people who was leaning towards maybe given another opportunity, maybe not having that role taken from him, but definitely letting other arms try that out. I think going into this year, we're not going to see a ton of Jordan Romano in spring training. And I think that's, that's, and and that's, that's fine. I think that's, this is a given role for him right now. I think that he is going to pitch the highest leverage situations early on in the year. And I think relievers have wacky numbers to start. I think this would be a very good year for Jordan Romano to start the year seven for seven in saves. Um, (laughs) Great for any closer to start seven. seven I'm just saying, Jesse, (laughs) uh, numbers can get really inflated. When a reliever goes out and in his first 10 outings has three blown saves, those can look horrendous, even close to the end of the year. I like Jordan Romano as our closer. I love a closer that can touch triple digits. I love a Canadian closer. And I think Jordan Romano has really stepped up and earned this role. This is this ball club for Jordan Romano. He is a homegrown relief pitcher turned closer. Um, and I think that he's really improved. Yes, this is this is the thing, Jesse. Is is can he repeat as of, with last year's numbers? Um, can he? I think he's the thirty save guy for sure. Uh, I think he's probably going to hover around, uh, you know, th- uh, thirty saves and an ERA around mm-hmm. three, and probably a WHIP of you know one point two, and that could be higher or lower by basically a, a tenth, but. Jordan Romano will be our closer, I believe. I don't think there's anyone that's yeah, going to compete and, with him. And, and, and the leash yeah. is long. Talk about leashes for guys. Uh, Jordan Romano has has certainly earned this role going back a few seasons ago. And I, I maybe he's not going to be an all-star. Maybe he doesn't you know, even finish in the top five for reliever of the year. Uh, but I, I still trust Jordan Romano more than any other arm in this bullpen. And I think I'm not alone. Yeah, he's still got the best stuff on there. Um, there were maybe a few warning signs through Jordan Romano's game last year. Um, he did have 10 quote-unquote meltdowns, which you never want to see for your closers, um, which is a stat fan graphs came up. It was third worst on the team. Only Trevor Richards and Jimmy Garcia had more for the Toronto Blue Jays last year. Um, he actually started throwing a slider more than his fastball, which I always thought was kind of interesting. Um, but hey, if your slider's good, why not throw it more? Whiffs went up, walks went down, all good things you want to see. He did just allow a little bit more hard contact than in years past, which is always a little bit scary from the Toronto Blue Jays. But I'm with you. I think he's going to be very good again this year. And uh, getting off to a hot start will be key for Jordan Romano because the last thing this team needs, if we're not going to hit as well as we think we should, is to be blowing games in the ninth inning, which uh, 
I'm confident we'll be fine with Jordan Romano. Let's just touch on the rest of the bullpen here, really, Riley. And we're running out of time, so let's do this quickly. Um, I want you to guess, kind of rank them. Just don't, don't need to go into detail, but Eric Swanson, Jimmy Garcia, Tim Meza, Chad Green, Genesis Cabrera, Trevor Richards, and I guess Yario Rodriguez or Mitch White, pick your long reliever of choice. Um, how would you rank those guys? I'm going to go and I'm going to give the setup role right off the bat to two guys, Swanson and Green. Um, I'm probably going to give give more of the more of the stuff uh, to Eric Swanson, but a short leash there because I think Chad Green's probably going to have a good year. Um, I want to see more innings thrown. If my first let my first lefty is Tim Mesa, and I want to give him more innings, I think Tim Mesa is fantastic. Uh, Cabrera, I think, is still a lot to improve on, but I think that he'll be a good arm. And um, honestly, mm-hmm. Trevor Richards is 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 not the guy for me. Um, and I would put, I would put, uh, Garcia kind of slotted behind Genesis Cabrera as of right now, but I think Garcia, I, I think used less often than a Swanson or Chad green from the right-handed, um, uh, right-handed side of the mound. I, I still think Garcia is great. I think we have great right-handed pitchers and I, I don't want to see Trevor Richards get used as much as, as the other four guys. And I, and I do want to see more lefties get used especially Tim Mesa. I think Tim Mesa is absolutely fantastic. And as far as the long relief guys, yeah, I think it'd be fun to roll with uh, Yario Rodriguez. Um, also, I want to give some love to your guy. I'm surprised he wasn't there. Nate Pearson. Also, Just about to bring him up. Don't I, you worry. No, I'm bringing him up because he is on my list because Nate Pearson, the way he throws in his stuff in the velocity, it's all very real. The blue chip is gone very well, very far in the past for Nate Pearson, but he could still make it as a very effective, high relief, hard throwing relief pitcher. And I, I, I think he has a, uh, a legitimate role with this Blue Jays team if he's used properly. And just some names to note for the Toronto Blue Jays bullpen because bullpen performance is very fickle and it can change a lot of the years. Um, all those guys we mentioned there, but I want you to keep an eye on um, Zach Pop if he can figure out what went wrong with him last season. Maybe he can be an impact guy. We know when he is on, the stuff could be good. Hagen Danner, Yasver Zuleta, um, our names know Hayden's younger as well. And the Blue Jays are inviting a ton of these guys. And TJ Brock is a guy who pitched for the New Hampshire Fisher Cats last year. I want you to keep that name in the memory bank and store it because he could be pitching in this Blue Jays bullpen come season's end. Um, the only other thing I wanted to mention in our bullpen is Eric Swanson splitter was the best splitter in baseball. It was better than Kevin Gosman's last year. It was a phenomenal pitch. And he had 32 shutdowns, which is best in the Blue Jays bullpen. I'm with you. I like what Chad Green can do, but... I- I also think uh, Eric Swanson is going to be very good. Out of all the names in the bullpen there, Riley, do you have one name that you think could surprise us and become an elite setup man? And to follow that, give me both. Is there one name that you were thinking could either be sent down or cut that we're not thinking of so far this year? Yeah, I think my I think I spoke for myself about two and a half minutes ago. Tim Meza, I think, is going to have a fantastic season. And if Trevor Trevor Richards' first guy down or cut, I think that he has the, the the lowest ceiling out of any of these relief arms. I really like the dynamic of our bullpen. I think Mesa fits it tremendously, and I think Richards with with uh, you know how the starters are are looking and the guys that we have coming up. I think Richards' place in this bullpen and possibly on the twenty six man roster. You know, I think it's limited space, and and I would use him the least, if not uh, get him out. I was never big on Trevor Richards. I'm very big on Tim Mazer, however. He could possibly be an elite setup man as well. 
Although it is hard to compete with a guy like Eric Swanson because he was he was doggone great last year for a good stretch of the year. My picks for the bullpen is uh, Nate Pearson. I can't quit Nate Pearson. I don't think I ever will. Um, Nate Pearson is my guy who could come in and be a shutdown reliever for this guy. My surprise name of someone who could be cut this season, I have two. Uh, Jimmy Garcia or Genesis Cabrera both have chances for maybe they just don't perform. There is a path where things don't understand. I'm not expecting that, of course, but I wasn't expecting Anthony Bass to get cut last season either. And he did. So there's always something along the way where uh, something like that could come along and make that happen. Um, anything else to add, Riley, on any of our pitchers before we move on to something else here? I thought Bass got cut because him and his wife threw a fit on an airplane. That's a that's a story for yeah, another day. It's, it's, the Blue Jays tried to shape it as performance issues, but yeah. Sure. But yeah, anyways, and I was I wasn't big on Anthony Bass. There was a time where he was a uh, above average major league reliever. We have some pretty good names in the bullpen. We've talked about them, Jesse. Moving on because I know that we don't have a lot of time left. Yeah. So I wanted to get your opinion on some new hats that the Blue Jays came out because I showed you one last week about um, the MLB The Show and the one Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is. And, and it drew some love. The fans did seem to love Riley McConnell's take on hats. You're wearing a very nice Chris Blue Jays blue hat here right now. So I've got two more that I want to show you. One is the official hat the Blue Jays are going to wear in spring training. And the other one is going to be, um, I think it's their new batting practice hat. And if you give me a second, I can throw them up on screen here. And um, this is the first one. It is the Blue Jays. I believe this is their spring training cap last year. I think I like this one a little bit more than I've seen in years past because in years past, they've had um, just the red leaf and that was it. Nothing Blue Jays related. But I want to get your take, Riley. What do you think about this hat? Simple white panel. This one, mm. I, freak, I freaked out last week and I, I know I was very loud and boisterous about it. This is nice. This is a simple design. I know it's got to have, I assume the 24 crest is not for, for Willie Mays or Ken Griffey Jr. I think that's the 2024 year patch, whatever. I think Correct, this looks, yep. I think this looks fine. I think that there's nothing wrong with this. There's nothing spectacular, very neutral hat. Those are our colors, the light blue, the dark blue. It's simple spring training. Perfect. Yes. The hat I'm currently wearing this works, but Jesse, so does that nice and simple, easy on the eyes. Scale of one to 10. Where would you rank this? I, I, I rank it a six. All right. Then I got another one here. I'll pull this one up oh, as well. Once I find it, here we go. Uh, this one's a little bit simpler. This is going to be the batting practice hat the Blue Jays have. It's baby blue for those of you in podcast land listening to us. Um, go to our Twitter feed at Buds Jays. You'll be able to find this. But Riley, what's your thought on this one? I, I like this a lot less. I will say that. It, <laughs> this, this looks like something the Seattle Mariners should be wearing. Um, I, okay. I will... This is a two out of 10 for me. I won't rip it too much. Um, I, th I think that the other hat was a lot better. I do not, do not like the makeup of this one. Uh, I, I don't like that, that amount of light blue. That's definitely a secondary type color. And uh, I do, I do love our logo. I, I absolutely love our mm -hmm. logo. I think that it, it just, this, this scheme does not work. All right, so we are both not really fans of the baby blue here on Buds and Blue Jays. I don't even own a Blue Jays baby blue anything, I don't think. Good Maybe for you. Good for uh, you. Yeah, good for you, Jesse. Wise, wise choice. Conservative, <laughs> I think that's good. conservative choice is to go with one of these. Jesse, the jerseys in the back. You have the white Pearson. You have the George Bell and Kikuchi in our alternate blues. I think that's fine. Be conservative. If you're going to buy Blue Jays merchandise, I mean, yes, the fancy stuff is 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 whatever. But, I mean, go traditional. We have some of the best neutral-based stuff when we're not trying to be too fancy. 
Mm-hmm. Well, that's going to do it for our episode here today. Thank you, everybody, for listening and watching. Please remember to subscribe to the channel, to like the video, to share, to tell a friend, all that good stuff. If you have a thought on some of the comments we made down below on some of our pictures, if you think Jose Brios is coming in for a good season, if you think Yusei Kikuchi is going to get Cy Young votes, if you think Bassett is going to just blow up, whatever it may be, leave a comment down below. We will talk to you. We will interact with you on all that. Remember, you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, anywhere you can find your podcast. You can find us over here at Bud and Blue Jays. And please subscribe to the channel on YouTube. We've got some fun stuff coming up, especially as we get closer to the start of the regular season. Riley, 30 seconds. The floor is yours, man. Anything else to add before we get out of here? Oh, I love having the floor for 30 seconds. I will use less (laughs) time. All I'm going to say, 3.89 ERA for Jose Brios coming into 2024. I think he's going to be absolutely fantastic. It's going to be a good year. I love our pitching staff, Jesse, and I know you do too. And I hope those Mm -hmm. of you guys who are watching and listening feel the same. It's going to be a good year for our pitchers. All right. We'll be back next week to take a look down at the farm and talk some Blue Jays prospects. Until then, we'll see you next week. Let's go Blue Jays. Thanks, guys. 